0: Welcome to episode 42 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, Phil Hawkins joins us to talk about educational games that don't suck. Died of dysentery
1: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages welcome once again to the loaded car dadcast i am paul what's Paul well playing today And with me as always is dan otherwise known as chop the viking what's up buddy
0: i'm doing pretty good how are you doing paul
1: i don't know i felt weird doing the dadcast thing
0: uh, maybe but that's because that. you're the only person here who's not a dad
2: i mean yeah that's true
0: but that's the usual like i mean whenever we podcast together you're the only one here that's not a dad
2: now you're just outnumbered yeah because
0: no they don't fur babies don't count
1: fine we do have a guest though a dad and a dad it's true the amazing phil hawkins has decided to join us again for Mm -hmm. for specifically educational games and why they don't have to suck
2: Mm -hmm. how's it going phil good Making my third appearance. Yes. Indeed. I'm happy to be back.
0: The record-setting third appearance. <laughs> yeah,
2: it is. <laughs> you, you currently hold the title belt. I I fit the uh, description of being a dad, so I am automatically an expert for this. Yeah.
0: Well, it also, multiple times that you've been on here, you have mentioned that you play a lot of educational games. So, I figured this is a good topic for us to cover at some point because at some point, a lot of us have children and we want to share our love of video games. So, like, this is a way that they can play video games and you don't have to feel guilty about the fact that they're, like, playing Mario Brothers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that, like, Mario Brothers te- does teach
2: problem-solving, so... Yeah, well, well, hand-eye coordination,
0: but, you know, yeah. the more educational stuff that they need to learn, like yeah. how to talk.
2: Yeah. We're looking for educational games that actually have applications outside of the game itself yeah that's true you can get oh, really okay. good at doing a speed run of Mario but that's not yeah. gonna necessarily help you get a job maybe depends what that game or that job is I mean it could train you for playing a lot of Overwatch mm-hmm. which could net you a quite
1: a big sum of money I mean I think the the highest amount of money has just been put out for what was it 55 million dollars I think Something Bam. for the prize pool. I might be All
2: right. well we want we want games training kids for the job field where there's more than like 20 positions out there. Oh, <laughs> I want
0: games training kids for kindergarten. I mean <laughs> that's, <laughs> a, that's my goal right now. <laughs> like how to not be terrible at life.
1: <laughs> um, well but, I'm not sure if the classics will help with that, but no, at least please. it'll be fun.
0: Yeah, no kidding. But first, we have a a couple of things to get out of the way. Let's, yeah, the usual. Talk about what we're playing. So, Paul, what what is Paul playing this week? (laughs) That was
1: awkward as fuck. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) I I do what I can. The usual, really. Overwatch. I actually just got done playing a a round before the the start of recording. Um, had an amazing Zarya ult and unlocked the achievement for Zarya, which is to Graviton five or more players into a single Graviton surge. Nice. For context, that is really difficult, since there is only six members on the opposing team. Breath of Fire 4, uh, on my PS Vita, it is an old PlayStation 1 game. Really fun mm-hmm. RPG from Capcom, I think? I think yeah, I
0: think I'm Capcom. pretty sure Breath of Fire is Capcom.
1: Yeah. And I've been playing Sleeping Dogs. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I think I might choose that one next for the Next uh, game corner because it's really good. I like it. I think you'll enjoy it too.
0: Okay.
2: I don't. I don't know what either of those last two games are. Macropolis and Sleeping Dogs.
1: So Sleeping Dogs <laughs> is a, a game by
2: Idos, I believe.
1: It takes place in Hong Kong, and you are a Hong Kong cop, and uh, it's basically like a. It's similar to GTA, but you're playing on the side of the law, and you are also undercover so kind of bit of both it's an interesting title the premise is fun because it it has a much larger focus on melee combat since guns aren't really hugely prevalent in hong
0: kong in fact it's it's semi reminiscent of shenmue in a weird way
1: kind of yeah just the the huge focus on on uh, melee combat is really what drew me to it because it could have gone either way for a game like uh, similar to GTA, but
0: I, I'm really enjoying it quite a bit. What about you, Dan? What have you been playing? I've been playing, I guess what would be my regulars right now, uh, I've been playing Vainglory MOBA for iPad, is what I've been playing it on lately, and uh <laughs> Battlegrounds, because it's Battlegrounds. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, in fact, um it's just kind of funny, my, my boss... And like three of my coworkers all play together, and I'm like,
0: oh, do
2: I have to get
1: this now?
0: Well, it it should be you know by the end of the year it should be out of early access so you can you know justify getting it. Yeah, but it's still thirty bucks. It it's worth thirty bucks. I
2: know, but it's still thirty <laughs> bucks. It's tough when there are other MOBAs for free. It well, it's like you can pay five dollars for a Five Guys hamburger, but there's a Wendy's burger over here for like fifty cents.
1: That's... I don't know if I trust either of those things. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm I'm still on the fence on whether or not to get it. So we'll see. Yeah.
0: no no problem there. I know you'll be more likely to get it once it's out of early access because you've got the. uh but I I've
1: bitten gotten by bit early too often. access. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten bit too often, and it's it's a, from what I've seen, it's a very highly polished game. So I'm not surprised that it's yeah. going to be out of early access very soon. But my money i do without what
0: i want with it indeed indeed so phil what what have you been playing lately
2: i have been uh playing two games um both from the summer steam sale crypt of the necrodancer a extremely common one that's pretty much on sale every time there's a steam sale so i finally bit the bullet bought it and um it was such a good purchase uh, if you guys haven't played it, I can't recommend it enough if you have played it, hopefully you agree with me but it's <laughs> know, <fuck yeah. laughs>
0: that one's a weird roguelike right
2: yeah like... rhythm based roguelike isn't it yeah. it is it is um which I the only rhythm games I've ever played are like music games you know guitar hero sure, sure. things like that so um this was new concept to me but extremely easy to get into um, great gameplay fantastic soundtrack when you have a rhythm based music game you better have good music with it and uh, it doesn't disappoint it's it's kind of the the what draws me back actually every single time is I want to listen to the music in the game so I'm like I might as well play the game so I can listen to music it's <laughs> yeah that's recommend that good. the other one I've been playing is NBA 2k17 Uh, I haven't played a sports game in like five years, like any type of (laughs) sports game. So um, I don't know what what got me to buy it now. Um, It's a it's a year old, you know, NBA 2K18 is going to be coming out if it's not already out. Um, But this was, you know, Yeah, this was, you know, 20 bucks. And I've dived into it. I put like 30 hours into it already. Career mode. Um, Mike Hagar is my player. Um, who I specifically named because the game has a preset list of uh, nicknames. It's, it's not going to pronounce your last name. It'll have just the announcer say your nickname. The default nickname is the Prez or President. But among the the 20 or 30 there are on there is the Mayor. So, of course, who's the f- most famous Mayor in video game history? It's uh, Mayor Mike Hagar of Metro City. So um, I went ahead and made a... 19 year old, mustachioed, six nine, small forward. And he's been he's been tearing it up. It's been a lot of fun. That's awesome.
1: You know, it's yeah. it's funny when you, when I first saw you start playing that, I was like, I I assumed it was your son playing it because I was like,
2: <laughs> he doesn't play sports games. It's gotta be his kid. I used to. I used to play so much and kind of when I went over to PC gaming. Uh, full-time and gave up all the console gaming i stopped playing madden yeah. um, ncaa was one of my favorite sports games but they stopped making those ncaa football games so yeah yeah,
0: yeah. that's the only downside to pc gaming is that it's harder to get sports games because most like there isn't really a football game available until yeah. beaten league football comes out no um,
2: not Lucy anyway yeah it's like football manager but that's, that's for soccer. Actually,
1: soccer. <laughs> oh, one uh, did want to mention one thing. If you're curious about seeing Crypto of the Necrodancer and don't want to purchase it yet, guys over at Tadpog have been doing live streams of it. It's in their stream archives. Check it out from there.
0: Yep. Yeah. All right. Now for Paul's favorite segment of the show, the news. Why do you do it? Why?
1: You <laughs> said one thing like 10 episodes ago, and you're still doing this? <laughs> well, when you keep responding like that,
0: I have to do it like every time. 10 episodes. 10. It's got to be 10, isn't it?
1: Okay, that so since you did happy. that, we're going to do your favorite one here. Dream Daddy.
0: That's my favorite one? You
1: ever wanted to fuck a dad? Now you can in Dream Daddy. I don't know why this is on the list. I just... I saw the... the thing on PC Games then, and I was just like, I have to put this in here. There's no reason for it to be in there other than the fact that I found it
2: fucking hilarious. That's it. It's out. There, Go play it. Are there any, like, normal dating sims out there because every dating sim i've ever been exposed to is always just it's hattable boyfriend you're uh you're, it's a pigeon dating sim it's a daddy yeah. dating sim it's are there actual regular dating sims or is it all um, just absurdist ones like this
1: the original ones came out of like anime stuff and there are regular still ones tons so, of those oh but, yeah tons and tons but most of for the most part they're just kind of hentai yeah
2: now in That's Dream really Daddy good. is Dream Daddy a gay dad dating simulator? Because I've only seen the trailer and it looks like you create your own dad sona, as it says. You create, you are your you are a dad and you're looking for other dads to date. Or know. how do- <laughs> I don't know why you're
1: asking these questions. I literally have no idea what the fucking game's
2: about, other than the fact that it was just there and it made me laugh. <laughs> Follow ups need to happen. I'll be yeah. on for the Dream Daddy episode.
1: I'm not <laughs> that's not going to happen. Literally not going to happen. So nice. you could be out for anything else, but that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Do you have other actual news? Russell Brower, uh, senior audio director, composer of most of the music of any Blizzard game, like World of Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo. He got laid off. Apparently, or quit. <laughs> no. He got laid off. Yeah. You
0: have two links in there. One says I he two. One says he got laid off.
1: So. He wrote a Facebook post um, recently on his page and said, as the company has grown, the topography of the sound team is adjusted accordingly. And the last couple of years have been no exception with the success of a sound decentralization initiative. My current position of overall senior audio director slash composer is no longer relevant and is being eliminated.
2: What? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh... Sound, sound decentralization initiative. That's yeah. What, yeah. Uh, what the fuck does that mean?
0: It means they're not going to do sound in-house anymore. They're going to shop it out to someone else.
2: Then say it. Use those
1: words.
0: (laughs) Well, no, use biz lingo. He's
1: got to be polite about it because he doesn't want to burn a bridge. Mm -hmm. Uh, He did, however, go on to write, I would like to express my heartfelt thanks to everyone reading this, all of our players, music lovers, and the countless new friends I've made worldwide for the incredible and indelible life experiences I've enjoyed at Blood Blizzard. Especially the players. Each of you have truly enriched our lives by playing our games, meeting us at BlizzCon and Nerdtacular, attending our music concerts the world over, enjoying our soundtrack albums and sheet music, the list goes on and on. We have so much to be proud of and I'm truly grateful to each of you and to all my Blizzard colleagues for putting up with me over the last 12 years and teaching me so much. Thanks, man. We Honestly, the music has been great and mm-hmm. super appreciated. You probably won't yeah. ever listen to this, but thank you.
2: Yeah, I use I use Wow Music for D and D games that I run. Um, I listen to the Starcraft two soundtrack uh, at work, and the Diablo soundtrack I use for D and D as well. Like it's it is top quality stuff out there. So it really is. I don't know his name until now. I didn't know his name until now, but um, this is the guy that's behind all that. He does good work. It's true. Indeed.
1: One other surprise uh, parting of ways was uh, Bioware's general manager Aaron Flynn left the studio, this one voluntarily, and Casey Hudson returned to take over the role. Yep. Yeah, apparently he just said, fuck it, I'm out. Like, I, I'm not sure what it was, but soon after Mass Effect Andromeda came out, he's just called it quits.
0: Yeah, it's I don't I don't remember the exact details of it, but he stepped down because Hudson wanted to come back and he was like, I've been, there's something along the lines of basically like he'd been looking for a reason to step down. And when he heard, when he heard Casey Hudson wanted to come back to Bioware, he was like, all right, cool, let's do this.
1: I've been contemplating changes in my own life for some time, but when I heard that Casey had confirmed he was up for the task, I realized the opportunities before us. I'll be working with him over the next couple of weeks to help him catch up and do my part to set him up for success to be the best GM he can be. And then he goes on to thank everyone with the, a very long-winded diatribe. I will spare you the details, but uh, suffice to say, we'll put the, the full letter and everything in the show notes.
0: Indeed.
2: That
1: was it for my bits of the news.
2: Does anybody else have anything? No,
0: not that I'm aware of.
2: <laughs> Phil? <laughs> I'm, I'm news, news? Out. I mean, I work in the news industry, but I'm not sure if North Marion County athletic high school sports news is relevant to your listenership. I mean... It's
1: not irrelevant. I mean, there's there's a certain <laughs> Venn diagram of people who listen to our show and read the news. <laughs> you are in that Venn diagram.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm. I'm excited for Woodburn boys soccer. They they got a state championship to defend this year, but they lost ten starters. The guys coming up from their JV squad undefeated last year, so I think they're just going to plug them in and and reload, and it's going to be uh, another fun fun time. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Woodburn is awful at everything else um no no <laughs> offense and i I say that with all all due respect, but they're they don't have a strong athletic program outside of the boys soccer program, so this is like fall sports season coming up next month is like this is what Woodburn is all about, so I'm excited for it, and this is what everyone gets uh gets excited about as well so <laughs> it's true i
0: actually- actually do have. One slight bit of news. Okay. So it's going little... to be hard to
1: follow that Woodburn stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Uh,
0: so, so this one kind of ties into uh, a blog post from what will be a couple of weeks ago when this goes live. So a while back, Razer, the peripherals company, bought the company Nextbit. Okay. And if you are unfamiliar with Nextbit, they kickstarted a Android cell phone and the whole premise of the phone was that it kind of dynamically backgrounded stuff that you didn't use very often to the cloud and then whenever you wanted to use it you would hit a button and it would take a second for it to like kind of load back onto your phone and uh then you'd be able to use that application again so it it kind of dynamically managed the storage space on your phone so that you could get a cheaper phone and you could put you know 32 gigs worth of applications on a 16 gig phone and it would kind of do all the work for you to to manage it interesting but, so next bit is not selling their phone was called the robin Okay. they they are not no longer selling that anymore because razer bought them but sure. now it looks like razer is gearing up to like release a gamer oriented cell phone okay uh, and and I'm assuming it's going to be something like there's been numerous attempts in the past, uh, like the Nokia engage and a couple of other weird wonky yeah. ones, of like literally a cell phone that's designed to be a handheld console. But I mean, if you're I mean, you're basically just talking, it's it's going to have some Android skin on it. It's going to play Android games and it's just going to be a good processor in it. Like it could be really good. I mean it definitely goes in line with the fact that I mean they've done a tablet before they they have multiple laptops now. Right. Like it's it's an evolution of, of what they're kind of currently doing. Yeah, so, it's
1: a natural progression.
0: Yep. Yeah, right. So does that mean we're ready for the main topic?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Twenty minutes right. in. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah nope. I I I saw you not get a spice drop this time, so we're good. <laughs> 90 year old man candy
0: it's fucking delicious All
1: right. what's wrong with you nothing I don't eat spice drops there's nothing wrong with me
0: it's okay I eat 90 year old man candy you wear 90 year old man shirts
1: <laughs> hey <the> Hawaiian <laughs> shirts is an amazing invention and I defy you to say otherwise
0: <laughs> not saying otherwise I'm just saying it is the garment of choice for 90 year old men
1: Yeah. it is a silk garment and it is comfortable as fuck
0: I'm not arguing.
1: I'm just on educational games, <laughs> making fun of my fucking shirts, bastard.
0: Making fun of my spice drops, bastard.
1: <laughs> They're spice drops. Everyone makes fun of spice drops. No, educational games. blood <laughs> <laughs> playing
0: video games with your
1: kids. and have them be educational. I say yes. That's um, good
0: because you're our, you're our expert that we, your <laughs> ringer, our ringer that you we brought in mm-hmm. for this one.
1: Yeah. That's no, a very good question. <laughs> the end. I don't, that, that, no, it's, it's it's a very good question. I figured you're going
0: to expound on that. the The reason I'm laughing is so Paul goes. That's a very good question, and then turns to the side and takes See a, a sip casual sip of tea, like Kermit yes. the Frog. Like,
2: <laughs> I thought you had me on to answer that specific question. I said yes. Podcast over. Oh, We're done. All right. <laughs> right. See you yeah, <laughs> in twenty minutes, everyone. Yes. Fucking <laughs> later.
1: All right. Yes. No, seriously, cut it. We're done. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right. I can go to bed. I'm sorry. This I'm 100% in favor of this.
2: Maybe we should do a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe.
0: Okay, let's actually talk about the topic yeah. instead mm-hmm. of running running away from it like Paul wants to.
1: There's no running here. I'm tired. I'm going to walk to bed.
0: True. <laughs> Crawl to bed.
1: <laughs> no walk i have some dignity left
0: all right so let's talk I'm about the classics how how i guess viable are classic educational games that we all would remember from art being kids for kids these days do you have any kind of perspective on that phil or
2: um i w- i mean viable is in like playable today or yeah. Yeah. Because I I would say absolutely not. That is that is a something that's generational that's just lost okay. to that era. Um, because well, I, I know there
0: are updated versions of some of them. Yeah. Like there is a modern Oregon Trail game. There's, updated, also, there's also Oregon Trail. Yeah, there's also Oregon Trail. <laughs> yeah. The zombie <laughs> game.
2: Um updated versions, totally. I think those are are certainly viable. But I think if you put a um if you put my seven year old son in front of an Apple II and have him play Oregon trailer or Carmen San Diego um, he's gonna peace yeah. out in about 30 seconds
1: they're also extremely dated in the fact that they probably have i don't know separate non-separated Vietnam i mean it's, it's just they're extremely dated considering that they most of them were in the late 80s early 90s for yeah. this it's just like where in the world is Carmen San Diego would probably be a bit weird to play now Considering yeah. all the changes that have happened. I don't know.
2: But still for I think folks of our generation, these these are games that helped us um certainly get hooked on gaming, um, sure. or at least feed that that um hunger in, in a school setting. You know, this is I think we're the first generation that's probably grown up that has had video games in school as like something that you would go and do. You would have like a I I know I certainly didn't in elementary school. I had a gaming um like a, a half hour to an hour um yeah. lesson, I guess, once a week, where you go in and you do yeah. some typing, or you do you play a game like Oregon Trail or something, and they pass it off as educational. Um uh, whether or not that was, I'm not sure, but it's it's certainly more educational than say um plopping a kid down in front of Doom in elementary school and watching them blow the heads off of uh <laughs> off of enemy soldiers. True. But I'm curious, what the heck was it about Oregon Trail? Like, how did it get into every... It, this feels like something that was universal amongst, um, you yeah, know... almost. Like, I don't, I don't know
0: if it was just one of the, like... Because, you know, how a lot of times companies will cut deals with schools and they'll have, like, an educational bundle. And that's why Apple IIEs were, like, in every school in the country is because Apple yeah. made deals with local governments and stuff to, mm-hmm. uh, to buy computers at a discount so i'm wondering if that was just part of the software package that apple offered was like it might have been. here's Oregon trail here's you know x other games like and you can use them in your classroom to help teach kids this this and this and schools were like oh sure whatever here's money
2: yeah if it gives us free computers then yeah yeah basically
1: it was a hallmark in elementary schools worldwide from the mid 1980s to mid 2000s, as school computers came bundled with the game. You're absolutely right, because Wikipedia says so.
0: Yay, validated by Wikipedia. Hooray.
2: Yeah, but I remember having, okay. I remember having Carmen San Diego like in a, in my fifth grade class. Um, I remember Oregon Trail was on all the computers in the computer lab in elementary school. Um, when I went on to to middle school, mid 90s. Um, you had ones like Number Munchers, Odell Down Under, which was the sequel to Odell Lake. Um, I, I forget which class it was, but one of them we had a SimCity 2000 unit where we would go into the computer lab, and the goal was to like build a city, and you were kind of graded or evaluated, I'd say, based on like how big you you were able to grow your population. So. Interesting. Yeah, and I mean, you think about a a game like SimCity, and there is a lot of, it's a very complex game for that era and for that age of kids. You're teaching kids um, problem solving, you're teaching them um, kind of economics and finances and finite resources, Um, you know, a game like that, you, you can't pay for you can't buy everything you can't run a perfect um government system in sim city you have to make cuts you have to you can only do so much so you know you're you're teaching kids i guess limited resources in that that regard but i don't know what are your guys' thoughts unless you found the cheat codes yeah uh-
0: <laughs> <laughs> something i remember a really long time ago playing and i just looked it up to make sure i wasn't completely crazy For remembering this game existing, was Donkey Kong Jr. Math?
1: It absolutely (laughs) existed. And it was just a copy.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just this really weird game where you have to like crawl around on the vines and collect letters in certain orders to complete math problems. It's so freaking weird.
2: It's bizarre. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. But that gets back to the main question can you have fun playing video games and have them be educational? Was donkey kong junior math fun certainly it was educational was I don't, it fun though
0: not that i really remember i remember being like oh this is neat a couple of times and then just being like "Yeah, i want to play something else now
2: <laughs> yeah i feel like that's what the game industry used to do a lot yeah. back then was just like take a recognizable figure and be like uh, Mario typing. see, it's typing, but with Mario, so kids will like it. and yeah. I, I think kids smell that bullshit a mile away and or, are like uh, Mario is missing. Yeah. yeah. That,
0: and, and that's, that is definitely one thing that the industry is getting a lot better at lately is there's a big push for gamification in education in general, where they like, you know, apply game theory to a classroom environment to try and help kids learn just in general so like there is a huge niche of you know actual really good game developers that are making educational games now so like i mean there's there's just there's some really neat stuff that i've seen my daughter play thanks to amazon free time and her (laughs) little kindle fire kins edition that are that's like there's just some really cool stuff out there that are it's really weird and it's interesting to watch her figure out how to play it because there's no instructions. There's no tutorial. They just literally throw the kids into it and it's just like, they literally explore the game and learn it as they're playing, which is exactly what most adults do. Like, Oh, what does this button do? What does this button do? All right, cool. Let's go. Let's play.
2: (laughs) I think kids have a lot more patience for that kind of stuff too. At least my son does. Cause if I'm playing a game and I can't figure figure it out within 20 minutes 30 minutes or something like if I'm trying to play Crusader Kings 2 or a really complex game like the the learning curve just to figure it out often drives me away but for my son he will he will sit there and just explore what the controls do what different different functions of the game um, do and he has the patience to do that for hours until he knows the game backwards and forwards and then can, sit down and play it very easily yeah. i don't have that patience at all though
0: yeah it, and it's it's definitely that's that's just the kids a kid's brain like they're they're very curious and they they will pick oh. it minutiae <laughs> where adults don't want to do that yeah like i put true. in my i put in my time i don't i don't want to do that stuff
1: <laughs> nobody gets time for that yeah <laughs> basically
0: so do you want to talk about some more modern games that like It's, I mean, we've talked some about like some of the older stuff just kind of in passing. Like, I don't know, Carmen San Diego, those, those series of games that you mentioned a while ago, those I think are good educational games because they like show off different locations around the world and different historical eras. And you kind of learn about them and get like almost little trivia questions about them as you're trying to track down where Carmen is and a randomly determined thing.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I think that does a really good job of almost like hiding some of the educational components in there. Like, I think the main the main component of the game is puzzle solving and, and, you know, figuring out clues to find Carmen Sandy, But along the along the way, you're learning geography, you're learning history. And that's it's kind of it's kind of happening on the periphery. And the kid may not even realize that they're they're being taught what the capital of Italy is or, you yeah. know, where the,
0: the leaning tower of Pisa is.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, funny enough, uh, they actually have a re-release. They, they just uh, fairly recently released the uh, Carmen San Diego returns. So um, kids seven through 12 can probably have a new experience that we had as kids
2: too. So to share, sure. And, and they can go, who is Carmen San Diego? What, what sit down, son, you're going to learn today. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, there there are a lot of these that are getting remade now because there is like there is an Oregon Trail game for an actual
1: Oregon Trail, an Oregon yeah, Trail. My yeah, guess. but yeah.
0: there there is one for mobile phones, and there's a whole shitload of knockoffs. <laughs> there's one called Wagon Trail. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's Mormon Trail.
2: Oh Jesus. Nostalgia gaming is huge, and nostalgia, everything is huge. I mean, our yeah, our generation uh, now is, like, the primary pop culture slash money-making, you know, socioeconomic group out there. So people are going to cater to our demographic. Like,
1: Well, it's not just that, but we're also the developers of the games. Yeah, so- that's true. Might as well.
2: <laughs> the guy that grew up playing Oregon Trail and who was a game developer goes, "I know, I have a good idea for a game. I'm going to update this beloved game that I played for years." Mm-hmm. So and that's why Oregon Trail exists, too. I mean, yeah.
1: it,
0: yeah, it two things. Like, there looks awesome. like there's a a, sh- a shitload of Math Blaster games.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Like what I want to find is Lemonade Stand.
0: I there, there are there are I'm Lemonade Stand clones. Yeah, but they're not
1: good. Like I remember actual lemonade stand from when I was a kid. Like the game that was released in 1973 and then again in 1979. I freaking love that game. And I wonder if like DOSBox has it or something. Probably. I I bet. I I bet it's. Oh, go ahead.
0: On the Android store called Lemon Tycoon.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've seen that. It looks (laughs) like shit. Sorry, developers Lemon Tycoon. (laughs) Game looks like shit. (laughs) Nice. You but maybe Mavis yeah, Beacon I, Teacher's Typing? Anybody? Who?
2: Mavis I never Beacon did. Teachers Typing? Master Typer was was the one that I had in my school.
0: Typing I'd... of the dead?
2: <laughs> I wish. No, no. I had
1: Mavis Beacon Teacher's Typing on my... Oh, God. My Commodore 64? No, it was a later version. It was like a my Is 386 that... PC. No, I don't know.
0: Just weird reminiscing. Sorry. Carry on. Ignore the... Now. <laughs> but like, yeah. They, so, like, we, like we've said, they they are remaking a lot of these games. I don't. We have a game down here that I think Paul wants to ask a question about, kind of in some way, like Lemmings as a potentially like educational puzzle-solving game, and like whether it can be really considered an educational game.
2: I don't even have to ask my question anymore. You just did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I put that down. I uh, kind of on on a list of of i guess quasi educational games. so that's something that was probably made more as just a straight entertainment game
0: yeah i mean it is kind of a straight puzzle entertainment game but it does have educational value just in that like the you can't just lose by the game you know pulling one over on you the only way you lose is if you kill all of your lemmings by doing something that pretty much intentionally kills them yeah like just the, the nature of the game is you just you know they're you they're walking in a straight line and you put obstacles in their way or remove obstacles or get around obstacles and, until you get to a goal so yeah there's certainly we,
2: an educational component in that you're you're doing some sort of complex multi-step puzzle solving in order to yeah. complete the task whether yeah. that can be applied outside of the game itself i'm not sure but
0: yeah I, I, but i can't think of the last time a lemmings game was made that i'm aware of no now watch it'll be like there was one released last year for iphone and Android.
1: <laughs> but it does teach critical thinking yeah. and that's something that every kid can use i don't know the ability to sit there and analyze and solve problems even if it's just you know put this here so the lemming doesn't die yeah. it's yeah. teaching the kid how to think critically
2: how can i yeah. solve a problem using multiple steps in order it, to get from it's... a to b to yeah. c and do d yeah
0: and And it's very the the good thing about lemmings is it was very forgiving, like you know there there's a lot of time it took a lot to fail at lemmings,
1: it really did, like it took some doing
0: usually it took blowing up all your lemmings and laughing as like half the screen explodes into little giblets
1: <laughs> it was a a reasonably forgiving game in that you could lose a few lemmings but still be able to complete the level,
0: yeah, so okay, let's talk about. At modern kids games and some of the okay. kind of more interesting ones.
1: Can I yeah. ask about one? Sure. Yes.
0: Stop and go potty. Okay. So I I have this on here. So there's a <laughs> we'll talk about PBS kids games here. Well, we can start with the PBS kids games because right. there's a sh- good. shit ton of them, like a metric shit ton of them. go to the Especially, <throat> especially web based games. They do. They do a. Just the PBS Kids website is ridiculous. Yeah. But they also have a bunch of standalone apps. uh, And a lot of them, they're usually related to kids' TV shows. And uh, one of the really good ones is there's a lot of Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood-related games. And Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, if you're unfamiliar, is a spinoff of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. So Daniel Tiger was one of the characters in Imagination Land and Mr. Rogers. And... So now that mr. Rogers is no longer around they're continuing like his educational legacy by doing a cartoon based on imagination land. that's cool I didn't know that yeah mm-hmm. and, and it's it's actually a really good show they they teach a lot of stuff on that show like it is oh, sure. insane how much and like emotional lessons of like what to do when you get frustrated how to share like it's it's really good stuff so they have games that deal that dig into these things um the two really good daniel tiger's neighborhood games that we've gotten a lot of benefit out one is called good morning good night and it's literally daniel tiger wakes up you help him go brush his teeth you help him get dressed you help him like go eat breakfast you you know you you, it's little drag and drop games little little just little puzzle games like little casual puzzle games for kids but it teaches them the whole these are the things i need to do before i go to bed these are the things i need to do when i wake up in the morning before i go to school like that kind of stuff and the game that you're laughing about the title of stop and go potty is literally one of the episodes of daniel tiger's neighborhood is about as a kid if you feel like you have to go potty you stop and you go right away you don't keep playing you you know you don't want to have an accident. So you just immediately go like, Oh, I have to go potty and run off to the bathroom or That's tell fair. an adult. So there's, there's literally a game about this where, you know, Daniel Tiger will be doing something and he'll be like, Oh, I have to go potty. And you take him in there and you, you know, sit him on the potty and then you wash his hands and then you, you know, dry your hands and then you leave and flush the potty. And, you know, you do all that stuff so that the kids learning, oh yeah these are the things that i need to do when i have to go potty and it's it sounds really silly but it is ridiculously helpful when you're trying to potty train a kid okay that's cool and they're they're walking daniel tiger a character they're familiar with through this stuff and they're learning the process and then because because i'll tell you right now we we use that that episode and like the little song that he sings there's there's a dumb song about going potty which i might find a youtube video for just a link for people (laughs) because their songs are so stupidly catchy like they'll get stuck in your head for like a week it's annoying um (laughs) but Yeah, so so we tell her that we're like, look, if you have to go potty, you stop and go right away, and she'll like literally be in the middle of playing, and you'll see her just like drop toys on the floor and just run out of the room, and it's like, where the hell is she going? And then you hear the toilet flush, and you're like, all right, cool. (laughs) She actually literally went to go potty. So, yeah, that, and you have probably feel a little more experience with the pbs kids website which i don't like we've basically only been doing apps that are on mm-hmm. the uh, kindle fire through that are free basically through amazon
2: yeah um, and what we so our system is um you know arthur on a given school day during the school year he gets up and between when he wakes up until till 8 a.m um, he is allowed to go on to the PBS Kids website on the, on our computer and play whatever he wants there. And they have they have games associated with all their PBS Kids TV shows. You know, um, if if dads are familiar, I'm not sure, Paul, if you will, but you know, Nature Cat, they got one of the Wild Kratts, their their nature brothers. I forget what else they have, but they they have a whole bunch of different games associated with um, every PBS Kid. TV show out there so Arthur gets that kind of and they're all extremely educational just just wonderful games that that teach you uh, a variety of things not just not just you know language math but it also it, it's also teaching you how to navigate the web which is something that I really like there's a game out there called Cart Kingdom which is it's a online multiplayer game on the PBS kids website. And it's it's teaching you internet anonymity. It's teaching you passwords and usernames because you have to log in, you have to have your own username and password. and you know it, it gives us an opportunity to teach him that you know you don't use your actual name. You don't use Arthur. you use for whenever you're signing in for something for a website. You use a, a different name for yourself, be it you know, Sandwich Pope or something something that's not no one's going to guess who it is so it's it's really cool in that regard that it gives kids a that kind of an an error free you can make mistakes it's you can go on there and and goof around and there's not really any stakes to it so it's it's nice
0: i I think leapfrog which is another like big educational Mm -hmm. games company like i think they do have a big website too i don't know if it's free which pbs is. Because it's PBS.
2: Yeah. But what are I, the games? I, I, oh, sorry. I was going to ask. What are the games? Does does your daughter have on on the Kindle?
0: So okay. If if you're unfamiliar, if you buy a, there's a, a kids edition of the Kindle Fire, mm-hmm. uh, and we got mm-hmm. ours last year for Prime Day, and like I think it was fifty dollars, and it's I think they're like a second generation of the the Kindle Fire, like the small. It's a small like seven inch tablet or something like that. But it comes with a year of this subscription called Amazon Free Time. And Amazon Free Time is fantastic if you are a parent. And I highly recommend you checking it out. If you don't do it through the Kindle Fire, if you already have an Amazon Prime subscription, it's like $2.99 a month, I think. But it come, you get a year of it for free with the purchase of the kids edition of the Kindle Fire. But basically, any kids book That is available digitally on kindle unlimited any kids television program that is available on amazon prime and any kids game that is available for the kindle fire all of them are included unlimited access for as long as you have a subscription to free time and so literally it's a custom skin like a custom version of android for kids and it kind of like Netflix has its own little kids uh, UI when you, mm-hmm. if you flag a kid's account on uh, Netflix for yeah. a console yeah. or something. Um, but it literally just like, you can search by character, you can search games, you can search books like, but we just like literally give it to our daughter and she plays or reads or does whatever she wants because it's safe. we know that it's safe because it's all kid stuff. Like she can't go on YouTube, she can't pull up a web browser. It's locked into this Amazon ecosystem of games and stuff that are already kind of curated by Amazon.
1: So Leapfrog Academy, uh, which you were mentioning earlier about their okay. uh, educational site, is a month free, but after that it is eight dollars a month.
0: Yeah, which doesn't surprise me because they're a they're not. PBS. Like, they're not no, the government funded.
1: <laughs> and it is apparently only for, geared towards three to six-year-olds.
0: Yeah. Le- Leapfrog is is younger and PBS is probably a wider gamut. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I highly recommend checking out Amazon Free Time and the stuff that it offers. And especially if, I mean, Amazon Prime Day has already passed this year, but like, I mean, they, are, they have stupid deals on the kids edition. And it comes with this like giant Nerf, like, bumper protector thing. Yeah, it's, because it's kids great. are going to drop stuff. Yeah. Well, so. and then that's the other thing, the kids version of the Kindle Fire. I think it has like a 2-year warranty on it, and if it breaks any reason, no matter how badly it breaks, no matter how it breaks, you just you like literally go on the website, click a couple of things, they basically will send you a new one. Like you have to send the old one back, but they they will just mail you a new one, no questions asked, no no fee. It's just included in the price
1: yeah like, like i mean it's it's currently a hundred dollars yeah I, and that's that's i that's it's the same price as regular kindle fire they're inexpensive yeah. they're not really that super expensive for it, it and comes that, with that a does a improve include, case Plus a two-year worry-free guarantee
0: yeah but and it it does include that year of free time but yep. like I would wait and at this point in the year I would wait until Thanksgiving rolls around and snag one on Black yeah. Friday the Black Friday Cyber Monday deals cuz they'll they'll have it for like 50 60 dollars again and yep. one of the best investments we've made cuz now like our daughter doesn't have to borrow my iPad or my wife's iPad like you yep. have your Kindle like go get it it's in the drawer and she'll run over and pull it out of the drawer and like sit and watch Daniel Tiger videos or sit and play sure weird toka life games which we'll talk about in a few minutes too
1: and and even if you don't end up waiting they still have a buy two save fifty dollars you get one half
0: off yeah which that's, is nice if you have multiple kids. yeah but yeah they do come with these big giant like giant nerf bumpers on. they them.
1: do yeah it, it looks like uh a, a kid's like like a water toy almost yeah honestly like somebody in the
0: pool and and my daughter has thrown it from like counter height like full-on chucked the thing across the room but and, why because <laughs> i was trying to take it from her or something and since no! she was like no 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 and then uh, so i couldn't get it <laughs> kids are hilarious man they do they do really crazy things you're like why did you just do that that was that was terrible that was
1: ridiculous why why yeah. why are you the way that you are <laughs> Yeah. Alright, so you mentioned the Toka games. I'm, I'm curious about these. Yeah, yeah so-
2: those, if... I think any parent is probably familiar with the Toka games. They are literally, like, everywhere that you can get get a kid's there are, system.
0: There are dozens of them, too. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. The only one I am familiar with... I'm familiar with two of them, because my daughter's really only messed with two of them. She's messed with Toka School Life, which is it's a weird like they're weird like almost little sim games Mm -hmm. and they have like like, these little casual mini games in them but the one i'm more familiar with is toka pet doctor which my daughter loves because she's big on animals so basically the game you are the vet like you're the pet doctor and you have your waiting room and there's just like a whole bunch of hurt pets sitting in the waiting room so like you know there's uh there's a a snake or something like that and it's and it's hurt and so you have to you like she'll click on the snake and it'll zoom in on the snake and you have to help fix the snake and like bandage up its wounds and like one of the cats like i think it, you know got in a fight with a porcupine or something so you have to like pull all the qu- porcupine quills like you you know slide them out of the cat and then you like get some cotton and some like rubbing alcohol and like you know clean the wounds and then you like put on band-aids and then the cat's all happy and then you go you go fix the bird and then but she'll do some of them like over and over and over and over and over again for like half an hour she'll like help the bird sure. over and over and over again because she likes feeding <laughs> the worms to the bird and it's like <laughs> but, yeah, but, but but it's a, a little simple thing it's like you you take care of the problem you you clean and bandage the animal and then you give it food to make it happy again and it's like
1: sure sure Like right here,
0: just cutesy little stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm just looking at the Amazon App Store, and there is 22 Toka
2: Boca games. That sounds right.
0: Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah,
2: Yeah. the one I'm familiar with is Toka Kitchen, which is you're essentially you are are in a kitchen, and there's a variety of pots, pans, ingredients lying around, and you literally just prep stuff, cook it eat it there isn't any sort of like game mechanic there's no winning there's yeah. no points there's no levels and, or, yeah, or... And,
0: and much like the pet doctor one there's there's none no no score sure. to keep track of it's just you just keep doing it they, they pick their mini game based on the pet or i'm assuming the dish if they're you know whatever you're cooking yeah sure and they can do the exact same one over and over and over and over and over again and it won't penalize them at all
1: Nice. It's nice. it's just for them to have fun.
2: Yeah, yeah. and do, maybe do a little learning here and there. I will Did admit, you? I'm not a fan of the Toka games. And it as a as a consumer of video games, I find them just utterly boring and awful to watch. I can I can watch my kid play play a variety of yeah. different educational games, but the Toka ones are just like oh, you're just feeding him the same cut up piece of carrot over and over again. Like you're <laughs> why. How is this under? How is this fun?
0: Yeah the the interesting part for me is like watching my daughter puzzle out how to do this stuff because she, she can't quite figure it out sometimes and it's she'll get mad and like go go fix a different animal or something or she'll <laughs> like the sometimes this this gets really funny like the touchscreen won't be responsive enough for her so she'll like grab my hand and try to use my finger like a stylus because hers <laughs> isn't working. <laughs> awesome like she awesome. she knows like how this stuff works it's hilarious like that's awesome her problem solving skills crack me up a lot of the time
1: those are the problem solved after she uses your finger for a stylus
0: yes but then i have to keep doing it and that that's it's no fun
1: not for you for her it's probably a blast yeah
0: probably so another game i want to talk about is one that i like found out about when i worked for apple because they had it on at every Apple store, there's usually like a little kid's table where they have some demo uh, iPad set up for kids to sit at while, you know, the parents are running around the store buying expensive things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a, a- game called things. Endless Alphabet. Okay. And it's expensive for iPad as far as a oh, really? kid's game goes. It's it's like nine bucks. It's eight ninety nine I think, on the iTunes store. was when I checked it earlier tonight. The, Confirmed. What makes this game interesting is it's like kind of a combination of like learning to spell words and learning what words mean and matching so the idea is that like we'll take a word like contraption which has a shitload of letters in it right and it'll go contraption and then like all the letters will explode out of the word and it'll just leave the outlines of the letters so you drag the letters back where they go so you're you're learning to spell theoretically and learning to match the letter shapes. And then it'll once you do, it'll like play a little video to teach you what a contraption is, or, you know, whatever it is, a car, or whatever the hell, else, you know, whatever word it is. And there's hundreds of words in the, the thing. But the other funny part is when you're moving a letter, like if you're moving the, like the letter R, it'll go like, er, 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 the whole time you're moving the letter so that the kids are learning what the letters sound like. And it, it was just a neat little game to like watch, like little kids, like three and four year old kids, while their parents are standing in line. They'll just sit down and be like, "Huh," and they'll just mess around with it and play. And it's like, oh, that's that's actually a really useful thing to use to teach kids. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: it was just neat. So fun
1: side note on that. Mm-hmm. It's eight ninety nine on the Apple iTunes Store,
0: and it is free on and on Google Play. Does it have in-game purchases on Google?
1: Play? I, I assume so. In fact, one of the the reviews says my kids liked it, so I bought all the words. I assume that there is in-game purchases.
0: Yeah, the in the iTunes store, it's just nine bucks full game. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. I, it just it struck me as funny that hey, this is free. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. But it's ten bucks over nine bucks plus tax over on the iTunes store. Anyway, so you've got a uh, few other ones on here. Uh, Hoopa City Two.
2: That's what I put on. So that's that's a game that um I found and downloaded on on my son's uh, tablet, and it's essentially it. I'd say it would look most similar to to Sim City, but okay. without any of the um management components. There's no taxes. There's no population or anything. You do have a a um a bar with like roads and lakes and electricity and residential commercial stuff uh, the way you build though it's very limited and the way you build is by combining things so you take a house and then you combine it with another house and it makes a bigger house you combine that with say electricity and it makes a different building so you you start to unlock things like libraries police stations municipal buildings by like finding what combination of like housing and water and electricity and stuff fit in there and arthur like he he super digs it it's it's a really cool building sim and you have Mm. like you can look inside the buildings and there are little animal all the all the creature all the people the citizens are essentially furries um it's it's just a bunch of animals anthropomorphic animals that you can drag and drop into each building and when you drop them in there they'll go about their business they'll get into the bathtub and brush their teeth or if you drop in the post office they'll line up in queue or, or they'll start working there so it's 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 kind of cool in that regard. I, I'm a big fan of it.
1: So I'm, I'm laughing because you combine a house and another house. I'm like, that's not how this works. That's not, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> <laughs> but it,
0: with the kids' imagination, it does. You yeah. combine
1: a house with electricity, you just get a
2: house that has electricity. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> you get, you get uh, a um, library. You get a windmill. <laughs> that's
1: not how this works. Damn you, Hooper City 2.
2: Yeah. An- another one that I found just kind of by happenstance on on Steam by looking through, you know, t- random Steam list was um, a game called Reach for the Sky. Mm-hmm. Reach for the Sky is um, kind of a, a s- plant science-based video game. You start out as, it, as a seed, and you start out in April and it's like a side view you see the seed underground you click on it and you start building you start building the plant stock you start flowering blooming reach, uh,
0: reach for the sun
2: reach for the sky and mm. or maybe it is reach for the sun did i did i write that wrong no,
0: filament games yeah it's reach for the sun I, it is I just reach looked, for the sun i just looked for it on steam and was like i don't see a reach for the sky but i see reach for the sun
2: the sun's in the sky it makes it's sense. Same thing. Yeah. but it is that is a super cool game um as someone who does a lot of farming myself like backyard you know inner city farming and i I, Mm -hmm. you know i want to teach my son you know how important how fun it is um and this is a good way to kind of translate that and you're able to to grab grab bees drag and drop them onto your flowers to pollinate them and you're it it, if you really as you get older there it it has the science behind it of of um the chemical components of your your starches and your energy and how the leaves will will pull energy from the sun and convert that into the chemicals it needs to feed the plant and so it's it's really fun at like a basic level but it also is complex enough that as you get older you can learn more about about actual botany from it
0: yeah it goes into like chemical molecules
2: yeah. And so you, you, you click on a leaf that's glowing and like the, the chemical component will like pop up in like a, a fun graphic. And then you actually get that energy that you can then spend on blooming another flower or blooming another stalk to your to your um plant. And there's a bunch of different plants there. It starts you off with a very relatively easy one. Then you start growing like cactuses or lilies or other more difficult plants and each game it's it's only takes 10 minutes it's it's 10 minutes from from april through november through like the entire plant's blooming cycle and so the idea is to try and bloom all the flowers you can and if you can do it before those 10 minutes you get extra bonus points by doing it otherwise it's just you go your 10 minutes and however good you do you get i believe you get seeds from the fruits that you produce and you can then spend those seeds in the game shop to upgrade by getting uh, fertilizer or by getting pesticide not pesticides, but um, some sort of pest control option, because there are, there are bugs in the game that will attack your plants and you have to like click on them to get them to, to knock off. So hmm. it's a cool one. And, and from that, I was drawn to another game called crazy plant shop, which is <laughs> even more complex. This is a game where it's kind of, if you're familiar with a uh, Reseteer or any of the other, like, shop type games. This is a, you are in charge of a plant shop and people will bring in order requests for, um, different plants and you have to breed them with each other and make sure you breed them correctly so that the right color strands come out. So it's teaching you more about, um, yeah, yeah. And you're, you're able to kind of see, see how, how plants are bred on like on a, a more molecular scale it's it's really really cool and from that i was able to look up the company itself it's a it's a company called filament games and you know i, I just learned this today as i was kind of prepping for the show they have just a, a plethora of learning games and i can i can tell you from reach for the sun and crazy plant shop two fantastic games like i am super stoked to see what the other games are they have games on sound and amplitude they have games on the state of manner they have games on chemical equations math reading language grammar and it's it seems like this is something that i am going to to go forth and look at and try and download a bunch of these and they're all seem to be relatively cheap from three dollars to six dollars um so I'm, i'm looking forward to checking them out
1: like the highest one is $6, and there appear to be 17 games in total.
2: 17? I thought there was hundreds.
1: Oh. Yeah, it appears that there's only 17 according to the website. Okay. And there's not more, but I'm looking at the all-products, but there's 17 of them. That's that's a, yeah. that's a substantial amount covering earth science, uh, life science, math, physical sciences.
2: Yeah, and if if those games are anything like Reach for the Sun or Crazy Plant Shop, then you know it's presented in a way that is fun on the surface and maybe a kid my son's age he's seven he's not going to get everything from it but he's still going to enjoy the process and then maybe a 10 year old is going to get much more from the game because their thinking faculties are much more advanced at that age so sure sure yeah Yeah, yeah. it may not be
1: everything that he's grasping but he's going to enjoy the ride
2: so yeah dad's mom's uh filament games reach for the sun crazy plant shop highly recommended. There's, yeah, we'll, there's we one will include
0: called a backyard you know, engineers where you have to make you build a catapult to shoot water balloons.
1: <laughs> That's sweet. We will include a link to the show notes. It is filamentlearning.com. Good stuff. Yeah. There was also Sorry, go ahead.
0: I don't know. I was just yeah, they they, they look like they do some interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You Guys also wanted to talk about it looks
1: like not just so there's not just learning on their own. You can also have some fun and learn together. Games like probably the best example. I think we thought of was Minecraft.
2: Yeah, yeah. Indeed. It's it's essentially. I mean, everyone knows Minecraft. It's it's the most popular game out there. It's Legos for a computer. You're there isn't a point to it. That's. I mean, I guess there is some basic points to it, yeah, but
0: it's it is it's creative play. It it. There's a a theory of you know like kids educational play or you like you give them tools and the kids do whatever they can think of with their imagination to use those tools to do and that's that's what legos are you you give them a big pile of legos or duplex blocks or mega blocks or whatever and they will sit there and you know might just build a tower because that's all my daughter builds with legos right now like she has big big giant like duplex mega blocks and Duplo Mega Blocks or whatever the crap they're called. And uh, like literally she'll just build a tower as tall as she can until she can't stack anything taller on top of it or until it falls over. <laughs> it's It gets pretty impressive sometimes. But yeah, but yeah that's, that's one of the things that Minecraft is really good for is that it teaches kids to build things. Because, you know, you can mod the game and you can do lots of really good stuff with it. And like you can turn off the creepers that will blow up everything your kids make so that you know they can actually make stuff yeah and, so and have it be a little more permanent frustrated. yeah and but i mean that's what it's good for it's like oh here build your own house let me show you how to collect wood let me show you how to find stone and then like the kids will just you'll come back you know a week later and there'll be all kinds of just craziness all over the place they
1: will come back a week later and they'll have like the two towers yeah, yeah. So,
0: but and there's a little more to it than that because there's also. If your kids are crazy enough or you know old enough they can actually start learning fundamentals of programming through minecraft using redstone like the the crazy crazy redstone stuff like using the the gates and the operators and stuff like that like everyone builds a roller coaster at some point in time in minecraft it's like a rule of minecraft at -hmm. some point you build a roller coaster with redstone
1: yeah and at some point they might even go a step further and start using Lua, the scripting language behind Minecraft.
2: Yeah. Indeed. My son hasn't gotten there yet. He's he's super interested. I mean Minecraft is I would say his favorite game, his favorite franchise. He has Minecraft for for the PC, he has it for the Wii U, he has it on his tablet. Um, He has Minecraft Story Mode, which is done by Telltale Games, which um highly recommend. It's got uh, voice acting work from Brian Posehn. It's got, what's his name? Patton Oswalt's the lead character in there. They've got, it's a good quality game. It's, it's really cool just to see him kind of explore... Uh, see his imagination kind of develop and see what he builds in there. And he's super big into watching, um, guys on YouTube, uh, different personalities do Minecraft and he will see what they do and, and mimic it. And he'll get an idea from a YouTuber and go apply it to his game downstairs. And it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's something that, that his generation is growing up with that. We, we never got that, that I'm, yeah. Insanely jealous of to be able to. It's to, literally
0: like virtual Legos. For yeah. A better. Time. Like I, I definitely at some point in time basically plan on having, like an in-house Minecraft server for my kids sure. to play on, because it's something that we could literally do together as a family. Even though my wife doesn't get it, she's like, uh, "Why don't we just play with real Legos?" Because
1: this is easier to clean up, and you don't step on a Lego.
2: And sorry, Legos, oh, it's way more fun. <laughs> Lego's cost freaking hundreds of dollars like it is yeah. insane. Yeah. But no, it's really and I I really like how Minecraft is is set out without any sort of instructions or or kind of point you're dropped into the game and you're just expected to explore and combine things and figuring out how different components combine with each other to create tools and weapons and yeah different building structures. Um, it's got a, just a, that exploration component to it really kind of drives you to keep looking, to keep building, to keep trying to figure out new things about the game. Indeed. From that one, another game I wrote down on here, um, my son was, was drawn to a game called Scrap Mechanic. Which I believe is still in early access right now. But it's it's a, it's very similar to Minecraft in its look and its feel, except it's all about building vehicles. And it's got a really cool physics system where you're 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 it is just like Legos building Lego vehicles, except they actually work, they run, and you can ad- adjust the throttle adjust the engine adjust everything about these these vehicles that you can make and it's got that same kind of engineering coding aspect that that like the redstone and minecraft has and i've seen i've seen my son play that to death and kind of do the same thing where he goes on youtube sees some guy playing scrap mechanic building a vehicle there and then applies that knowledge to what he's he's playing in his own home game and it's it's really cool i've seen him just really blossom as as both a gamer and as a computer literate person um he has learned how how modding works through scrap mechanic and he has downloaded his own mods from the steam engine i never taught him a thing and he knows more about modding games now as a result than than i do and he's seven years old it's it's yeah it's that's another kind of hidden educational component is it's teaching him to be computer literate in a world that is going to require him to to be so and so he's at seven years old he probably knows more about computers and navigating the internet and games than his grandparents do so it's it's you know it's really cool to see that
1: yeah it is still in early access for twenty dollars
2: yeah and he paid for it with his own money he wanted it so bad and i didn't want to get it for him because you know he already had minecraft but you know he's got birthday money he's got his piggy banks um we go take you know money from or, or cans and bottles to the bottle deposit and get money back and he mm-hmm. spends that on games and he gives it to me and i'll buy it on steam and yeah it's a it's a cool system so it's another component of, of education it's teaching him to to money. Yeah, yeah work for his games and buy them with his own money which is um something I'm sure many of us did when we were kids as well so yeah
0: I was laughing a minute ago because I'm watching one of the trailers for scrap mechanic and, uh, mm-hmm. and now it's in two trailers someone builds in uh AT-AT yep. walker. yeah
2: you, you can build anything and that's that's a very popular thing on, on YouTube, um, scrap mechanic players will build just a variety of whatever absurd contraptions that you can make. I've seen transformers. I've seen
0: lots of transforming vehicles in these trailers.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see like lots of weird transforming stuff. I don't know. It looks interesting. Like I'm curious to check it out, but I play it, but not for $20.
2: Yeah. well, I'm not sure what it'll be after.
1: (laughs) It'll probably be much more. Yeah, I know. It's usually what happens is that they just get jacked up in price once they get out of Early Access.
0: Oh, you mean like Ark Survival Evolved?
1: Still not out of Early Access.
0: Not yet. It will be in a couple weeks, and then the price is going to double.
1: But they already released DLC for it prior to the full release.
0: Which is not included (laughs) in the full price of the game.
1: Sure isn't buddy. Even sure once they isn't. double it. We've been taking pot shots at Arc for a little while because of that particular annoyance. Yeah.
2: yeah. DLC <laughs> before the game is actually released. That's before it goes yeah. gold, yeah. That's a new one for me. That's yeah. um Yeah. Some bullshit right there. That tells me you don't know <laughs> what the definition of early access technically is. Yeah, sure fucking don't.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. And- Paul, you actually threw something together down here for potential fun with your kids, educational I, fun with your kids.
1: I don't know how educational it would be, but the LEGO series of games is almost always a family choice. Yeah. They're interesting little action-adventure games.
0: Is, is it LEGO Universe? Is that is it LEGO Universe or LEGO World that just came out? It's LEGO, LEGO, LEGO Worlds, World.
1: came so. out though. It's very much like Minecraft.
0: Mm. There was a LEGO Universe for a little while. Yeah, Lego Worlds is their new minecraft game.
1: There wasn't really much for me to say about it. I just, I threw it on there because I wasn't sure if it would, could be considered educational or not.
0: I'm not sure about, like, the, you know, like, Lego Harry Potter, Lego LEGO Batman, like, those style games, because they're, they're they're just, they're action beat-em-ups. Right. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like, I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I guess they probably have like a base level of you know hand-eye coordination and sure and puzzle solving, but th- they really I, are just. I mean, they might as well be Golden Axe kind of a game. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah,
2: I can say that they are helping to introduce my son to 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 books that he might not otherwise be interested in, um, yeah. Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, stuff like that. This is going to be his first introduction into those. Yeah, intellectual properties. Um,
0: it's definitely a good way to yeah get your kids into things that you like, that they yeah. may not like. Oh, that's boring! I don't want to read a giant book. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, son, sit down. You're gonna
0: learn today. That doesn't always work very well.
2: No, it really All right. but he is he is acutely familiar with the Hobbit franchise. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's through like the Lego Hobbit game is just a retelling of. The Hobbit trilogy that came out, which is hot garbage. So it's it really it's is. it sucks that Arthur's first uh, introduction to that beloved series is through maybe its worst iteration. But yeah. if that drives him to read the book uh, one day and experience that, then you know what? It's well worth it. Then yeah, that's fair. I mean, you yeah. make three movies out of a three hundred page book. I but... making stuff up. <laughs> yeah. by just digging through those appendices.
0: Another game that is definitely an educational game, but it is feels like it's really advanced for kids. Okay. Is, you you have this one down, Phil. The mm-hmm. Kerbal Space Program. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it literally teaches iterative design, scientific method, and rocket science (laughs) literal rocket science (laughs) so like in some ways it is a little advanced for kids but you know i mean they can just throw stuff together and see what it does and and play around with it in that capacity yeah Um, but yeah a lot of that is actually like pretty advanced game stuff pretty advanced science too
2: well it, it kind of then introduces the idea of, of educational games for adults or for yeah. high school students. I mean, just because you grow up doesn't mean you have to stop playing educational games Correct. as long as they, they make them for that adult audience. And I think Kerbal Space Program is a, a fantastic way to do that.
0: It Absolutely. is a game that I have been debating on buying for a while, and I, I don't know... It. I would recommend it. And I yeah. don't know whether I would just like play it for a little bit and then Stop because I don't have enough time to dedicate to it, or I get distracted too much, or if I would just you know like play it forever and never play anything
2: else. Possibly both.
1: Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's fair.
2: All right, you guys, have anything else you want to talk about? I don't know. I've kind of covered everything that I've. I'd yeah. Want to touch on? Just I guess kind of speaking about educational games, the meta of it. I I find it difficult to. To find them to find good educational games it's it's the same problem everyone has when negotiating the app store there's just so much garbage out there that trying to find the good ones out of all the garbage is is really difficult and you know as adults you can be you can download stuff try it throw it away whatever but when you're when you're buying when you're getting games for your kids there's a lot more effort you need to take to make sure that they get something that's good that's something that's not going to be something that they're gonna you know rack up five hundred dollars in in fake currency um so it's uh, I, I've I've found it difficult to find websites that you know have good good games on there and they exist there's lots of websites that that have like best games for, for kids. But I've, none of them I've found have been super helpful.
0: That, that is, I think one of the places where Apple is doing something good. Cause if you go into the iTunes store and like, there's literally just, you can shop by category. Like you can search their app store by category. And there's literally a category that's just education. and, usually like their front page of the the app store especially the new one like they're they're redoing the app store with ios 11 when it comes out but it is that front page is usually really curated by apple Mm. and so it's usually only really good stuff and they do a lot of collections there's actually a programming game on here called code spark academy yeah that actually looks interesting (laughs) as i randomly look at games while we're talking (laughs) i I was gonna Um, make a comment about it but i figured you would yeah well i mean i just i wanted to look and and like confirm that you know they actually have educational games like pulled out away from everything else and like they have you know collections for preschoolers and kindergartners they have you know literacy they have they have education for coding for kids, which includes PBS kids games. And like, they'll straight up tell you what, you know, what the in-app purchases are, if there are in-app purchases, like you can see all that stuff before you buy it. You, and you can see other customers reviews. It's not the same as like having a trusted game reviewer. If you, you know, have one that you turn to for game reviews, like there's no Yahtzee for kids games, which would be absolutely hilarious. Now that I think about it
1: really would be i'm just i'm picturing a <laughs> fully ramblematic video zero punctuation on a kid's game complete with replete with cursing and everything i don't know all right wrap up
0: yeah wrap up? i think i think we're good to to wrap this all up mm-hmm. all right
1: cool phil do you have anything you want to plug before we uh do our usual wrap up
2: um Not really. I mean, I have I have a Twitter account. It's for work. It's at Woodburn Sports. Um, you can find all my high school sports coverage at woodburnindependent.com That's it though. Fair enough. Nice. (laughs) All right, folks. For
1: our uh next favorite game, the favorite game series, it is uh Dan's choice, it is Descent Free Space, The Great War. You can check that out over on Steam. And our next episode will be Orgotle Games, yep. Our next episode will be a control ret- console retrospective. We haven't chosen one yet, but we will. So that'll be a surprise for you. And
0: uh, well, we'll we'll let you know on Facebook and Twitter.
1: It's true. And if you want to find us there, you can find me at Paul Cluel. You can find Dan running the at Loaded Cart and at Shop the Viking accounts. You can email us over at podcast at com. And if you want to find us on the rest of social media, you can find us over at LoadedCartGaming.com. Yeah. I, yep. I can't remember anymore. Fuck it. <laughs> and if you like us if you really enjoy us uh, please consider leaving a review on iTunes Stitcher or wherever you're listening and also please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Gaming thank you very much everyone for donating we really do appreciate it
0: indeed Phil we appreciate yep.
1: it I'm happy <laughs> to, happy to do so well, have, thanks again have for coming on we, we appreciate both the uh, suggestion for the topic as well as your appearance on us
2: yeah no it's been fun it's been fun. Lord knows <laughs> I would have,
1: yeah, Lord knows I would have nothing to say here if you guys, if you
2: guys weren't here for it. Yeah. Now you have a a background knowledge on on games yeah, when uh, games. when just, baby Paul, whenever that happens,
0: just download a bunch to your uh, your new phone and start playing yes.
2: them. No kids, no, I'm
0: good. I'm good. Just get drunk and play them. That'll, it'll be yeah. like a kid playing them. Yeah. I
1: found a lemonade stand earlier, and I'm going to play that. So that's that's as far as I'm going. There you go. That, All that's right, folks. It's a start. All right, folks. Thank you very much for joining us, and here's some smooth jazz to play you out. And of course, uh, next week's game, which is Necropolis. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Last week's game.
0: Whatever. Yes. So, quick, quick yank of the curtain and whatnot. Uh, we are recording out of order because this was the best time for Phil to record. So, yeah, thank you guys. guys. We, will, we, can just... we will be recording Necropolis basically right after that. Not right you after
2: that. know, we can just edit this shit, right? It was a really good... No, you guys already recorded Necropolis. It was really good. I remember listening to it. The points you had were um, salient. Uh, Well done.
0: I'm
1: just going to edit this shit out. You guys realize that, right? (laughs) This is going to be the bumper for the the close of it. That's just what's going to happen.
2: Fair
0: enough.
2: But yes, I'm going on vacation next week, so I appreciate you guys uh, switching the schedule up for me. That is also part of the bumper.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But anyway... Necropolis was was a great podcast. We did good stuff there last week.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You guys really just hate me doing everything, don't you?